Welcome, everybody, to Bridge Builders Communities Church Sermon Podcast. You are listening to one of our messages from our weekly gathering. We hope that you sit back and enjoy and be blessed. I was thinking back as I was preparing this Christmas message on, on worship. I was thinking back to when my kids were small. So we're probably going back at least 40 years ago, and I was trying to remember what we did around this time of the year, just before uh, Christmas. And I I can remember, and I I think I did this most of the years. I can't say I did it every year. But I would take out the Bible and read Luke chapters 1 and 2. it, this, the story of Christmas was always there, and it was just, I, I don't think it could be said any better. There's so many books written about Christmas and about the birth of Christ and everything, but it just, uh, there, there's so much, especially in Luke chapter 1, which we were going to focus on today. Luke chapter 1 is, I think it's like spiritually the most action-packed chapter in the entire Bible. I know uh, when you go back into the Old Testament, there, there were wars and uh, different things happened that were so full of action. Uh, on a different level, there it was. But in Luke, there were just so many things that happened. And these are all in, in one chapter. There were miracles. There's prophecy. There's words of knowledge. There's wonderful praise and worship. There's even an angel running back and forth from heaven to earth and back to heaven again and back down to earth. And all this stuff happening in one chapter. And even the number of verses is extremely high. There's very few chapters in the Bible that have 80 verses in, in one chapter. But there's just, it's, there's so much that's in there. And you know, that's written by, uh, Luke. Obviously, by the name, and uh, he was a doctor, and he was very intricate in all the things that he writes. So he writes a lot of details in there, which makes it more exciting. If you try and look in Scripture for a definition of what worship is, you won't find it. There's really no Definition that God says, this is worship, and this is what I want you to do. I think how we find out what worship is, is we look through Scripture, and we see the various people that are written about in Scripture, and how they worshipped. That's how we learn how to worship. A lot of times, and I think, I think if you ask most Christians what worship is, they would say, well, on Sunday morning, we, we uh, get into these beautiful songs, which we just did. We lift our hands and, and eyes to the Lord, and that's worship. And they're not wrong. That is worship. But worship is so much more than that. Matter of fact, that is an Joe and I have been talking about this quite a bit. We talked about it through the month of October as we were uh, we were preaching about worship. That um, 
worship is is something that it's it's a lifestyle. It's something that we do all the time, and it's such an exciting thing to do that we can't wait for Sunday morning when we can corporately come together and do it together. But it's something that we've been doing all week. And because we've been doing it all week, we just kind of bring that to wherever wherever we're going, whatever that the building happens to be. We call it church, okay, the church building. But we're the church, not the building. But we, we come and just in, in such an exciting way, we can uh, um, bring that worship of God to a culmination, an exciting time when we're together in doing that. So, Father, as, as we talk about worshiping you this morning, help us to, to grow in this, Lord God. Help it to be something that it's, it's our lifetime. As we look into how some of uh, your people in the past, in Scripture, uh, have shown worship to you. Lord, help us to, to just kind of grasp some of that and imitate some of that so that we draw closer to you, so that our spiritual maturity grows and grows, Lord God, and we become uh, just worshipful saints uh, during our lifetime. In Jesus' name, Lord, we pray that. I want to look at a couple of scriptures before I really uh, get into, because this is really a Christmas message too. So I want to bring in uh, Luke chapter 1 and talk about that, and we'll see some of the worship in there. But some of the uh, different types of worship that we see, and I want you to go to Psalm 40 for a second before we get into the book of Luke. This is uh, part of worship is uh, dependent on how much we trust God, on how close we get to him and how much we can uh, give ourselves over to God. And, and bam, we were talking about one, one of the times we talked about abandoning ourselves to God. And we don't often define that as worship, but it really is. Because in order to fall down and trust God and give our lives over, totally over to him, we have to be able to trust him. And trust him totally that everything he does is going to be the best thing. The best thing for us. It's a, it's a trust that we have, and we're going to see that in some of the um, people that we talk about uh, from Scripture. So let me read uh, some of Psalm 40. It says, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined to me. He leaned his ear to me to hear what I'm saying, and he heard my cry. He also brought me up out of the horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock and establish my steps. He has put a new song in my mouth, praise to our God. Many will see it and fear and will trust in the Lord. Blessed is that man who makes the Lord his trust. 
And this, this is critical to our worship, that when we abandon ourselves to God, we totally turn ourselves over to him and trust what he does in our lives. It's different for each one of us. It's not always going to be the same thing. So, you know, if, if, if somebody said to me, you know, how do you worship? And then I asked somebody else, how, how do you show that worship? It might not be exactly the same. But it always is something that has to come from your heart. All right. When, when we look at the word worship, um, it is actually a, a body language that goes with worship. Bowing down before God. All right. That's, that's part of it. But. The body motion is only a reflection of what's going on in our heart. We can, we can sing a song and bow our heads to God. If our heart's not in the right place, we're not worshiping. We're singing a song. That's it. And we have to be careful, uh, even in our Sunday worship, that it never just becomes singing a song. It has to be the heart is now bowing down before God. We're abandoning ourselves to him. Uh, I want one other psalm, and that's uh, Psalm 97. There's some beautiful words that are in here. It starts with, the Lord reigns. Let the earth rejoice, which is what we're doing in this season now. Some of the songs that a worship team led us in, rejoicing before God. Let the multitude of aisles be glad. Clouds and darkness surround him. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. A fire goes before him and burns up his enemies round about. His lightnings light the world. The earth sees and trembles. The mountains melt like wax at the presence of the Lord, at the presence of the Lord of the whole earth. Boy, you could spend a long time meditating on the words that are in there. The mountains melt like wax before his presence. How mighty God is. I mean, if, if that doesn't really put us, put us into a worship mood, boy, it would be very hard to get there with any other way. It's just, it's just so beautiful. Okay, so let's, let's get into the book of Luke. Not going to read the book of Luke. It's too long. But just very quickly uh, looking at it, it starts with, Zacharias being told by the angel Gabriel about the miracles for his wife Elizabeth. Now his wife Elizabeth is beyond the years of being able to have a baby. And, but they were praying about it through the years. I assume by what, by what they're saying in scripture that all through her years of being able to have a baby, they were praying about having a child. But she was barren. She, she couldn't have, she couldn't have a child. So now they're beyond the years. I, I sometimes think, I think about that and I wonder, did they, pray for a long period of time and then after a while when when she got to the age where she she couldn't have a baby anymore did they stop praying or are they still praying 
for this, for a miracle. That you can't tell from Scripture. All right, it would only be it would only be a guess. But here she is, uh, older in, in in life, and Zechariah is a, a priest, and it's his turn to go into the the holy of holies and and pray. And you know, from the days back then, they used to tie a rope around the priest's leg to make sure that if in case. For some reason, they passed out, died, or whatever in there. They could actually pull them out because nobody else could go in there to do that. So, so he's in there, and the angel Gabriel appears to him and uh, tells him that his, his prayers are answered and that his wife is going to conceive and uh, a child is going to be born. Then... Six months later, the angel Gabriel comes back to earth and now appears to somebody else, to Mary, and tells Mary that she is going to be the, the uh, child, uh, the, going to have a child, and that child is going to be the Son of God. So I want to pick it up in verse 38. <clears throat> Look at what Mary says. Mary says, Behold the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And then the angel departed. The obedience of Mary and what she is going to um, go through in this. We have to remember, she was betrothed to Joseph. Usually, when you're going to get married, you make plans. And they, I assume that Joseph and Mary had plans on what they were going to do when they were going to be married. Well, there go the plans. All right. This is now, now we have a new plan. And, and this new plan is we're being obedient to God's word. That's worship right there. Obedience to God's word is a sign of worship. I'm abandoning my plans, my desires, my wishes, my wants right now. Because, Lord, you've asked me to do something different, something else. Now, this didn't just happen to Mary. It happens to most people that you make plans, but God, does, God has a different plan. And we have a choice. We can say, no, Lord... I made my own plans. I'm not. I'm not changing them. Or we could say, Lord, yeah, you know. And again, it's part of our daily worship when we uh, see what God tells us to do, or asks us to do, and and we and we follow that. What happens after all of this is Mary, and it says immediately. Think of where her heart is. She finds out from the angel Gabriel that her relative, they say relative, I'm not sure exactly whether it's an aunt or a a cousin or whatever, Um, much older than Mary, though. Think Mary's probably 15, 16, somewhere around there. His somebody, Elizabeth, her relative, well beyond her years of being able to uh, have a child. 
And so she immediately runs to see Elizabeth. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, that the babe leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Then she spoke with a loud voice and said, and I love this because there is no way that Elizabeth could know that Mary was pregnant with the Son of God. Remember, no phones back then, no text messages. Um, how could she know? You know, all of a sudden, Mary shows up at her door. Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. But why is this granted to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe leapt in my womb for joy. So we have words of knowledge here, all right, that uh, uh, Elizabeth is receiving. And uh, John the Baptist in the womb is receiving it too because he's leaping for joy. He senses in some way that the Son of God is uh, right next to him. Blessed is she who believed, for there will be fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. That's prophecy right there. Blessed is she who believed, for there will be fulfillment of those things which were told from the Lord. And Mary responds with one of the most beautiful praise and worships uh, that you See, in the entire Bible, my soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. For he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant, for behold, henceforth all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on those who fear him from generation to generation. We have to understand that word fear is not just be afraid of. All right, Fear is also a response of respect that we have. That fear in the Bible can mean both things. So in, in this instance, it's more that the... the the joy and the respect that we have, part of the worship that we have. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud, the imagination of their hearts. He has put down the mighty from their thrones and exalted the lowly. And I, I think of that word lowly because it really brought me to the book of Corinthians, uh, where Paul is talking about this in, in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 1, starting in verse 27. Paul says, But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty and the base things of the world, and things which are despised, God has chosen, and the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. 
So we're all a bunch of fools in the eyes of the world. All right? And you may be called that at some point. Or sometimes when you witness to people and they just shake your heads. I remember I witnessed to my brother one time years and years ago. Actually, Patty and I were sitting there. And, and that's exactly what he did. He smiled and he shook his head. And he didn't say this, but you could, you could read it in his face. You guys are so foolish. You really believe all that stuff? That was, that was the thing. And that, that's what the world thinks of this. That's what Paul's talking about here. And that's what Mary is saying. He's, God chose the lowly, the foolish, all right, to shame the wise. It's amazing to, uh, to hear all that and see all that. So, for the next 12 months, Mary carries her God, Jesus. What a privilege she has. And I was thinking of that privilege. She, you know, she can at any time talk to God, praise God, worship God. He's right there, right, right in her belly. But I was thinking, you know, we have a very similar privilege. We don't have the baby Jesus sitting in ourselves, but God gave us God, the Holy Spirit, to live in us. And we forget that so many times. I do. You know, you, you, you go through life and life gets busy and you forget that the Holy Spirit is living on us at, at all times. That we can any time talk to him, you know, because he's, he's right there. Always wanting to hear what we have to say. Always wanting to listen. So we, we, do, we do have that privilege and, and the Christmas season can remind us of that. You know, uh, Mary had that, that privilege. Joseph had that privilege too because he lived with Mary. Okay? Even the, the, the shepherds and the magi who eventually come to worship Jesus, they had to travel to get there. We don't. We don't have to do that traveling because he's, he's right here. He's right here with us. Now, Going back to worship, offering worship also can at times be painful and can be uncomfortable. When you look at Mary, and she, part of her worship was accepting the fact that she was going to be the mother of God and giving up all of those plans. That did not come with comfort. All right, first, the, the first thing is the. Uh, because the, uh, they had to bring all of the Jewish people to Jerusalem um, to sign in, at, you know, to put your name in the book and, and, and be there for that. She had to travel uh, from Bethlehem to uh, Jerusalem. And it's quite a number of miles. They did not have any mode of transportation back then other than probably a donkey. So here she is nine months pregnant. And she has to do that traveling. And, and I'm sure Joseph was very uncomfortable seeing Mary be so uncomfortable. So part of the obedience here brings discomfort. Soon after he's born, they have to escape 
to another country, to Egypt, where they know nobody. Right? Think of that. You're going to a foreign country and you don't really know anyone. Uh, not a very comfortable thing. They were being obedient, though. That's part of your worship, being obedient. They lost Jesus in the temple at age 12 for a while. I think the, the scare that that came with. And then at the end of his life, seeing Jesus dying on the cross, seeing your oldest son dying in a, a horrible, horrible death on the cross. And I can't imagine, you know, I have three sons, and just if I had to watch one of those sons die the way Jesus died, it would be a, a, such a horrible experience. So, you know, all of this sometimes... The worship that we do have doesn't bring that that, that uh, comfort. You know, sometimes when on Sunday morning when we get into worship, um, I, I just I, I feel like, wow, this is this is heaven. Except that I've got all the inter- you know all the interruptions that my mind goes through while I'm worshiping, and I think of heaven as. Um, we're going to worship God, and we're not going to have all of these things that are going through our mind, all the issues and the problems, the tiredness that our body experiences, and, and things like that. Okay, But th- th- this is worship that has some pain. And I, I want to bring, I, I just want to step out of Luke for, uh, quickly and bring you to the book of Genesis, uh, to Abraham. Because here we, we're going to see... Abraham worshiping, but not at a time that uh, would be, we would call a joyful situation. And we're in Genesis chapter 22. And I want to, I want to start in verse 1. It says, Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, Here I am. Then he said, take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. Look at Abraham's obedience. So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him. And Isaac his son. And he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey, the lad, and I will go yonder and worship. He's going up to sacrifice his son. But what is he calling it? Worship. Because it's obedience to what God has asked him to do. And then he says, and we will come back to you. Just the, the abandonment that you see in Abraham in this. The fact that he abandoned himself, his will, to God. See, he knew prophetically what 
God had told him in the beginning that from Isaac was going to be his inheritance. So in, the, in his mind, and, it, and it, it, it talks about this in the New Testament, in his mind, he's probably going to have to sacrifice Isaac, and then God's going to bring him back to life. Well, we know that's not what happened, but I think that's what was in Abraham's mind, and that tells us that in, in the New Testament. But didn't happen because as uh, Abraham went to sacrifice Isaac, the angel was sent to uh, hold his hand back so that he wouldn't. But God could see the obedience and the worship that, I, that Abraham had. Now, these are things, I mean, thank you, God, that we're not facing any situations like that. But there might be situations uh, where, like Mary and Joseph, uh, like Abraham, there might be uncomfortable situations where um, we are obedient to what God's telling us to do. And, by the way, uh, talking about this, our in January, we're going to be talking about hearing God's voice. And when we hear God's voice and he tells us this is what you want us to do, our form of worship would be being obedient to us. God says in the book of Luke, we didn't read this part, nothing this is impossible with him. As Elizabeth was pregnant... When she was beyond her childbearing years, that was not something, obviously, that's impossible to God. There are many things that can happen in our own life when we're being obedient that that doesn't seem possible that it could happen. And yet, we have to look at what God says. Nothing's impossible with God. So, we want to get away from Thinking of worship as a like a once a week event, you know, we're just going to church to worship. We are coming to church to worship, but we're not saying that if that's not true. But that our our life needs to be a lifetime, a, a, a continual time of worship as we as we learn. Lance, as we learn to hear God's voice, right? You know, and, and again, we're all trying to learn that together so that we hear from God. And then once we hear from God, to be able to, to follow it. Remember that church, our Sunday morning church, is, it's not a gas station where we come to get filled up and then Go through the week and we make it until the next week and then go back to the gas station and fill up the car again. All right? That's not what this is supposed to be. This should be the culmination. Not the beginning, but the culmination of what we're doing. And then part of the culmination is as we get into the Word and learning more about that. As we look uh, in the Christmas season, there are, there are many examples of, uh, of obedience, and it's, it's a good idea to just read through the scriptures about Christmas 
you know, how the shepherds were obedient, how the, the magi were obedient. Uh, and, and they heard God's voice. And especially when um, they didn't return the way that they had originally planned because God told them not to. So um, use the people in Scripture to teach us how to worship. There's so many more examples. Uh, I could be up here and preach for another hour about all the different people in Scripture and how they worship. But I, I, as you read through Scripture, start to notice how people are obedient, how they worship God, and let those things teach us.